Hey folks, before we get started, we had a couple of audio recording issues on this episode, so the quality is not quite where it usually is. Apologies for that, but uh, definitely give it a listen. It's a great episode and a great movie. Movies based on real people and events are interesting because they break down the larger-than-life moments into something that we mortals can relate to, can understand. And there are so many excellent examples of movies based on historical events. We have movies about the space race, or the civil rights movement, or World War II, and the list goes on. What then makes a great retelling of a real event? Well, first, it needs all the elements of any good movie. You know, great directing, and acting, and dialogue, and editing, and music, and etc. In this episode, I chose a movie that does all those things, but it's about a very basic idea. Who can build the fastest car? Now, on the surface, this is not sounding like a very life-changing story. This is not a cultural movement um, or something that changed the landscape of the world. However, what if you could make a movie about that very true story that was not only faithful to the facts, but inspiring and personal? A story about dedication, failure, and the cost of seeking perfection. As always, I'm excited to discuss with Glenn our next movie, and it is 2019's Ford vs. Ferrari, here on Movies Will Save the World. Welcome to Movies Will Save the World. My name is Glenn Cooper. I'm Chris Peterson. And this week we are discussing the 2019 film Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, Chris, this was your pick for the theme of uh, best movie based on a true story. Um, <laughs> and I know this is one that you've been waiting to talk about with, uh, yeah, for a while. I mean, this is the reason I got into podcasting was just <laughs> yeah. for the purpose of, yeah, it's, it's right. my, my life. <laughs> well, I know we talked about, you know, when we were talking about starting this project, you know, we do sort of different movies each week, different themes, but I think we both agree that from this point forward, it will be Ford versus Ferrari every week. Cause that, yeah, we're good on that, right? <laughs> there's, there's no other. Yeah. I can't think of a compelling reason to talk about any other movie. I mean, Ford, Ford versus Ferrari now is cinema. <laughs> It's the the template for all cinema. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we're giving away the fact that we both really love this movie, and you're right. I mean, we were talking about this movie well before we started podcasting and then figured we need some legitimate reason to talk about it, so uh, that's kind of why we're here. But, you know, uh, this was your pick. I I think you should just set it up and, you know, what whatever you want to say about it as long, in, in addition to why you think it's so great. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a totally ridiculous statement to say that this is the, you know, <laughs> the movie that is the best <laughs> telling of a true story. But, you know, there's sure. movies like Gandhi and <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia. And <laughs> there's been a few movies about true stories. Um, so, um, Arguably more important true stories, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I, that remains to be. History's still out on that. About, you know, Gandhi's contribution to world culture. Um, but I, I think maybe because, like, a movie like, you know, one of those epic movies covers not just not just an event, it covers someone's life. So, I mean, I guess I was more focused on, like, just this kind of, <laughs> this just this moment in time when, um, you know, I knew so much about the original story um, before mm-hmm. this movie I even heard that this movie's being made. I mean, this sure. because it's about it's about my favorite car of all time, hmm. uh, the Ford GT40 that I've loved mm-hmm. since. I mean, I was a child. I mean, I've just mm-hmm. been fascinated by this particular automobile. So I knew all the lore, all the you know, the the legends, and, and you know, and it's it's the the true story is so interesting. And I was actually. Yeah. When I knew that this was a movie that was going to be made, I initially was excited, but also super nervous. Because, like, what if they really messed it up? I'd yeah. be so mad. Right. <laughs> I would have right. just... Because that's, that's always a possibility. Because there's things in this movie that are true, but are still, like, heartbreaking. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch upon that, I know. But... Mm-hmm. Um, and they added things to the movie that I think it made it a much more effective and compelling. When I say added, I don't mean they, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know the, the background of some of the things that went on, but to have those mm-hmm. in there, um, was, it was believable and it made the story even more human and interesting yeah. because at its heart, it's just about the building of a car. I mean, that's right. right. That's, that's what this story is about. The invention of a car. Of, and, <laughs> yeah. But that 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 symbol, that car, like, is is bigger than just the the fact that it gets you from point A to point B. I mean, there's huge mm-hmm. egos and lives and yeah, the international corporations involved in this. That yeah. you, it's it's you know, it's it's a very it's it's just always been an interesting story, and um, so I don't even know where to begin to like tackle this, but, um, yeah. I want to come back to some of the things that you know about the story. Cause I did not know the story. I, I came into right. this pretty blind based on your recommendation to watch the movie. Um, but I would love to hear some of the things that were added that, you know, for the sake of the storytelling in the movie. Um, but just coming back to what you were talking about, I mean, I think one of the things I think this movie does really well is <clears throat> really set the stage for a ton of things really early, very quickly in the movie. And you see, right, that the whole impetus behind Ford getting involved, it's marketing, right? It's it's selling cars to teenagers, right? And, <laughs> exactly. And so, so, you know, I mean, and I, I think you... you if you cut that out, it, it sort of handicaps so much of the rest of the tension in the movie. Um, but it also is honest, right? Like, this is... This is, like you said, big egos competing against each other, trying to get market share. Um, and out of that comes this uh, really compelling, uh, you know, uh, uh, story. So, um, yeah, about, yeah, that there are human beings 
right. lives in- involved in this, yeah, this endeavor. Because it really is. Yeah. I mean, the idea is preposterous in the sense that like <laughs> Ford wanted to take on Ferrari in endurance right. racing. I mean, yeah, there's we can just that scene where like Ken and Shelby. Um, yeah. Ken Miles and Carol Shelby are sitting in the little diner. Yeah, the diner. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, he, he's saying, okay, let's just, let's just pretend yeah. you have 300 years. Yeah. And, and, and all, all, the, money know, in the, all the money in the world. You know, right. it's just. But then he makes that interesting, I mean, point, which, of course, I, it's really not. Ford versus Ferrari is kind of a misnomer of what the story's really about. I mean, it's really mm. about kind of like Shelby and Miles trying to produce this through mm-hmm. a corporation, which is right. is the right. tension in the movie. Because yeah. as much as we want to make Enzo Ferrari kind of like the antagonist, mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of Bibi who plays that yeah. role more as, as the representative uh-huh. of everything that's wrong with like corporate culture and just selfishness yeah. and you looking, you know, trying to look good in front of your boss mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause he was against the project from the very beginning as it right. started to get successful. Of course he worked his way into it. Um, mm-hmm. So he's kind of like, <laughs> there's not a real bad guy. I mean, he's about as close as you get to the movie. Cause I mean, Ferrari himself, um, you know, he did, and that's a true story. He did play Ford, um, he had no intention of ever selling parts of Ferrari to the Ford Motor Company. He kept it with in, with, with Fiat in in, yeah. in Italy. And got the it got a higher price than when he would have right. even, and the control that he wanted. I mean, yeah. Enzo Ferrari was you know obviously a, a brilliant and just totally like self centered, like yeah, just a jackass, but did in <laughs> fact build the most beautiful cars in the world at that time. And he knew yeah. it. <laughs> and, he, no. and he was the, he was the best and he, yeah, it bankrupt him. And the, it's right. Yeah. It's fascinating. And I think that's such a great juxtaposition in this movie. You get the, the brilliant designer car creator that, you know, runs his business into the ground for the sake of creating, you know, perfection, <laughs> perfection versus precisely. Ford, which is, you know, mass produce affordable ish cars, you know, um, marketed to a consumer audience. Right. And, and yeah, like so the, yeah, the point of yeah. the tension between how do you build a race car that can, that can beat perfection within that environment is yeah. I, a big part of this story. You think that Ford are going to let you build the car that you want, the way you want it, the Ford Motor Company, those guys. Yeah, because because Miles even said he's like, you know, you're gonna have to like go through floors <laughs> of lawyers, and they're all gonna want yeah. their picture with you. They're gonna <laughs> yeah. love you, but in the end, they hate you. They hate right, you right. because of what you stand for. You know mm-hmm. that you know Shelby himself, obviously. <laughs> He, he made a pretty big name for himself in autos, <laughs> yeah. You know, invent, inventing um, obviously the Cobra, mm-hmm. um, the Shelby Daytona, um, mm-hmm. working eventually on the Shelby, you know, Mustang, which is you know yeah. the epitome of the Mustangs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he in his own way was and is considered a genius, and yeah. um, 
he had to kind of finesse his way through that system to get what mm-hmm. he wanted to perfection. And that's what miles wanted too. you know, in his yeah. driving is, is that ultimate. So these are men just driven by a inconceivably illogical <laughs> passion. <laughs> yeah. That right. is, is makes absolutely no sense. Like why this yeah. is so important, but it just consumes them. And well, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, one of my favorite parts of the movie is the speech that um, Shelby gives, and we, we haven't even mentioned the actors, right? Matt Damon is Christian Bale as Ken Miles, but but the speech he gives, right? He starts off like, right. like you know, yeah. there are some people who are, have to do it, right? And I'm one of those guys, and and you you know, there's a little bit of like you know, Miles. I think I wonder if Miles is that guy actually, like. I think he is, hmm. but also like he at a point is like, you know, I think I need to give this up. I think, yeah, I mean, know, he I'm, was, I'm I mean, we're going to get, he there, was, you know, he was in his forties. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he was 45 when he was racing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's not, a, you know, some young kid who's like, right. I got to do this. I mean, he, he did have his, you know, he's middle-aged. Mm-hmm. Um, realizing that, yeah, like we're totally broke and yeah. I probably got to do something. I got to grow up and do something with my life. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's, I'd never thought about that. If that's, is something that he felt the same passion as Shelby did. I feel like, I feel like Shelby probably has more, uh, it, <laughs> pure speculation, right? Prob- Shelby feels a little bit more like. You know, he's driven to uh, succeed and succeed in a field that he knows well. And he has, you know, uh, incredible talent, not only for the, you know, the automotive side of things, but for, you know, just the navigating the business side of things and running a successful business and and that kind of thing where like that's not going to go away. Right. He's he's got to do that. Whereas Miles, I feel maybe it's a little bit more situational, like because once he's in he he wants it to be perfect and he even puts at a couple of points in the movie right he puts the perfection of the car and the design and what they're going to do above his own maybe what he's feeling like there's the scene where he you know Shelby tells him like you're not going to go to Le Mans oh, I know that's just heartbreaking yeah I know and then but <laughs> like it's there's a beat there and then Miles shifts into I'm going to reroute the such and such and we're going to shave yeah. this off or whatever. You know, it just goes back to the project, you know? So, um, yeah, those two characters are really interesting. Yeah. Cause they're even as the time when they do like the first, the first time they took the GT forties over to France <clears throat> and miles mm-hmm. didn't get to drive. Um, yeah. He's, he's still back at right, the, right. the Shelby American American, auto plant or you know the the shop and he's still tinkering with the cars and listening Mm -hmm. to it on the radio and you know it's yeah so his his commitment is all in um yeah but like where uh molly she comes in and he's he's there and she's you know switches off the radio and um they're they're, they just have a a nice you know some time together right Mm -hmm. um but yet she is super supportive of right. him doing this mm-hmm. at the same time. It, it's, it's yeah. not that she, in fact, there's that one scene and I was, I was wondering your take on it. Cause I've, 
<laughs> I've thought about it a lot. So mm-hmm. there, he, he tells her that he's kind of quit racing and then she right. sees that he's gone off with Shelby. Mm-hmm. And of course what he's mm-hmm. doing, he sees he's, he's testing the prototype right. that eventually yeah. did turn into the, to the, to the Ford GT40. Um, yeah. And he's just eating chips and, Oh, where'd you, what'd you do last night? And, he, yeah. and then she just, and she just floors it. Right. And yeah. he's freaking out. And he, you know, um, and you're she's going really very fast. Right. <laughs> Molly. Um, yeah. and I mean, she's, she's, she's pissed. And what she's pissed yeah. about is not that he's doing this, but that he mm. didn't, didn't talk to her, didn't consult with her. Is is that Yeah. I mean, is that what you think? Is that that she was hurt or or what is it? I guess if you had I mean, what's your take on that scene? I think that is it. I think that she's I think that she is hurt that he's been somewhat secretive about this. Now, I think in in Miles's defense, I, I, I get a certain amount of like, I don't know that I'd call it disapproval exactly, but you know, sort of the tension that Molly has maybe around Shelby, like, oh, this guy's always getting in, getting you into situations and they don't pan out, you know, kind of thing. And so I think, you know, Miles understandably, maybe a little bit apprehensive about, oh yeah, I'm talking to Shelby again, you know, what kind of conversation is that going to start up? Right. So I don't think it's like, I don't think he's intentionally going out of his way to sort of like be secretive any more than like, it's, it's like that sort of like, I didn't lie to you. I just didn't tell you that. So it's like, well, okay, that's omission. Isn't (laughs) exactly a great defense, right? That never happens in marriages though. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But I do, I do think, I think she's hurt that, he hasn't been upfront with her and especially in the, in the face of, she has been incredibly supportive when he's having the conversation about, you know, it's time to give it up. She's like, yeah, you know, you're bloody good. She says, you know, yeah. And you know, she's kind of almost trying to talk him out of it. So there's never that sort of tension that I think is such a trope in movies like this, where you have the wife who's trying to talk them out of doing what they're driven to do. You know, she's throughout. (laughs) So, so I can see that being even then more hurtful. Like, why didn't you just tell me about this? And then of course, when he tells her how much he's going to get paid, oh, she's I like, know. I love what that. are you she's like? <laughs> are you nuts? <laughs> I, I did a little, one of the, I did a little bit of research on this and some, somebody said, and I have not checked this math cause I wouldn't even know where to start, but <laughs> someone said like $200 a day at that time would be the equivalent of like, sixteen hundred dollars a day or like four four hundred thousand dollars a year so right yeah yeah that's nuts it it is i mean which i think it also like for one yes she's just like are you just stupid like what right but also just how serious ford was yeah throwing money at this project because i think the Mm -hmm. car like when that scene where he (laughs) well uh, i I don't want to jump ahead but just that um (laughs) When Shelby takes um, Mr. Ford for a ride, he oh, tells God. him, Here, yeah. let's, I'll show you what a $15 million car can do. I mean, $15 million yeah. car now is an expensive car. Uh, even yeah. hyper cars don't cost that much money. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what the equivalent is, but that is like just development money. I mean, it's a, it's probably equivalent of like a Formula One car or something today. Right. You know, that Mercedes right. is producing. The very beginning, of course, we see Shelby winning right. um, the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Um, mm-hmm. Still, like, not too many Americans have done mm-hmm. this to this right. day. Um, mm-hmm. And he was, I don't know if he was the first, but he had to have been. Because the race wasn't, I mean, it wasn't super old, I mean, at that mm-hmm. point. I mean, it's been around for a long time, but um, it was, you know, endurance racing, um, you know, this type, this type of racing where you drive a car for 24 hours straight. <laughs> um mm-hmm. You know, it's such like a like only men would come up with something this incredibly stupid and <laughs> like, like like pointless. You know what I mean? Like, let's see if we could drive a car for twenty four hours straight. Like, okay, let's do it. You know, it's such like I mean, think about it this way: like, we we went to the moon, right? Like, yeah. like half, a half a dozen times. And there was no reason to bring a car to the moon, but we figured out a way that we could drive around on the moon just to just to do it. Like it was, you know. So what, that's the kind of. This is what I love about just humanity and like the advancement of technology. Like there is a part of us as a species, right, that is like the drive for knowledge and to understand. And then there's the other drive, which is just to make cool shit and go fucking fast. You know, like there's, I would actually, I would be interested in the, the amount of money invested in the moon landing versus the amount of money invested in this car. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how close they are. I wonder how much money was. Yeah invested in putting a car on the moon versus cancer research or something. Yeah. No. So there, there was absolutely no reason to do this project to build the fastest high performance car in the world. Other than we, you know, Ford was pissed off at Enzo (laughs) Ferrari for calling him, basically calling him not his dad or whatever, you know? Right. He's not that, Henry that Ford. Hurt, He's Henry Ford. Yeah, that hurt his feelings to the extent like yeah. I just want to beat him. You know? Yeah, 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 we won World War II and all that, but <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is personal, right? Um, I lo- I love that line later on where uh, uh, Henry Ford the second is like, "This isn't the first time we've gone to war in Europe, <laughs> Shelby." <laughs> yeah. Well, so going back to the beginning, I mean, one of the things that really struck me in watching this is, again, just how efficiently everybody and the entire context is introduced. You you know, yeah. Shelby, you get a real sense for his character right off, right? When he's doing the first 24 hours, like he, he catches on fire, right? <laughs> and everyone's yeah, like standing like... around and he's like... <laughs> Feel the car. Am I on fire? You know. Am I so, still on fire? Yeah. <laughs> so you know right away what kind of person he is, right? He's gonna keep going. He's got that determination, and then you yeah. see his sort of like the defeat that he feels when he when his doctor's like, "You can't do this anymore." So yeah, we know so much about his story right there. Um, it is. And it's same, super. I mean, good storytelling and efficient yeah. in that regard. Mm-hmm. Or, you you may. 
a lot of people saw this movie who know nothing about Cars, about Carol yep. Shelby, about, and yet it was a very popular and well-regarded movie because yeah. instantly you're like, okay, this is an interesting guy. What's going on mm -hmm. here? Right. And then same with Miles, right? We see him in the garage and he's having that conversation with the customer, right? And so right away we know like he's he's talking to a customer trying to explain to him that the reason his car isn't driving well is because of the way that the customer's driving it. Drive like you mean it. Hard, tight, chillingly. Are you telling me I don't know how to drive my own car? No. But if you ask me, this isn't your car. Your car's more Plymouth. Studebaker. You and me have a problem, buddy? I don't have a problem. I had an MG, mine ran just fine. And then just how, I mean, instantly, too, we're introduced to not only Miles, but his family. And that his yeah, family yeah. is kind of there involved, you know? And, and right. it shows, like, this, you know, son is there hanging out. And then, yep. you know, at first, you don't know, you know, that Molly's his wife. I mean, that's the joke right. that they're kind of going with. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and it's, but then you understand, like, yeah, I mean, they're in love, and you know, mm -hmm. it, it, it's like a, it, you know, it shows just this is a family. So it is kind of right. a contrast to the Shelby, who we never see really having. Yeah. You know, there's the circle around Miles and his family, mm -hmm. and then there's just Shelby, who's just this otherly driven focus you know focused person on the um who in some ways it's 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 an interesting question like you know was the fact that he could not drive anymore which he loved part of the what urged him so to push so hard to making mm -hmm. you know the fastest cars that he could possibly think of i mean i don't know if right. it, that does seem to be an underlying tension mm -hmm. also in in some of his motivations as well, which yeah. I think makes some of his decisions, like putting his <laughs> putting his car company <laughs> yeah. basically in, in in a wager, right? That he, you know, that I mean, it's 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 amazing, and I don't know if that part is true or not, but it sure was a cool mm. story. Yeah, it was, and I think again, like you know, you see you see that Shelby stays true to his character throughout. Like that is not like that's a we look at it on the outside and say like, Oh my God, that is such a gamble. That's a ballsy move. But he's been, he's been gambling throughout this entire movie. Right. Um, <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. Like it shows that, um, he, he's going to that big, the, the, it's the announcement of, it's the unveiling of the Mustang. Um, right. You know, the, the America's foray into competing with, British and Italian sports cars, mm -hmm. you know, it's the, mm -hmm. it's the beginning of the muscle car era. Yeah. Um, and you know, Shelby <laughs> says here, let me land the plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, can he do that? He's like, yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah, he has he's that just great like, line. He's like, I had a flight instructor once tell me never try and put it on the ground or something like that. And after he's already in the cock in the pilot seat. <laughs> And then one of my favorite things about this is the exec in the back is just going, shit, 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 shit. <laughs> As the plane is. And then, of course, you've got uh, Peter on the ground, Miles' son, going, oh, they're crashing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a <great> scene. <laughs> the culture 
clash between <laughs> Shelby and all the <laughs> Ford execs who don't right. know anything about cars, yeah. really. They're not, mm-hmm. they don't. I mean, but he understands, I mean, these guys understand them completely, and that's why they're so annoyed and right all the time. But it's like, mm-hmm. like you guys just don't get it. Um, right. So in that way, it's, it's a miracle that this car was ever made. Yeah, I mean, not only the car, but not only the car, but, um, but, you know, the attitude of a race driver, right? Like that's why Shelby makes such a push for Ken miles is like, you need a pure race driver helping to design this, you know, and they're kind of like, you know, BB's like, he's a beatnik, (laughs) you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I always think of beatniks as like those poets and like, um, berets and black turtlenecks, I guess. Yeah, because he was like, that guy drove a broken tank from yeah. Norm- Normandy to Berlin. You just call him a picnic. <laughs> right. You're just, you're just right. an idiot. Yeah. Um, it's just another one of those little jabs at, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, he even said, like, well, yeah, if you want... <laughs> want just, what do you say, like, put Doris Day or whatever. Doris Day. Have, <laughs> yeah. Put, yeah. Have, have her drive the car if that's what you want. It's just a good right. interview. But you will not mm-hmm. win. <laughs> Put a Ford-type driver in a Ford car, Mr. Shelby. That's the Ford way. I thought, I mean, I thought, you know, one of the things you mentioned at the outset is like, you know, there's not really a true antagonist other than maybe the system that they're working through and being sort of like personifies that. But, but even he, yeah. And even he, like, he's, he's not a bad guy. He's a corporate no. guy and he's a, yeah, high exactly. up, you know, VP, right. And he's someone who knows how to play the corporate game. So I, you know, his motivation in that moment is totally understandable, right? He, he says that we think he may be too pure and, you know, Shelby of course is like, what does that, what does that mean? Right. But I, <laughs> yeah. I get it. Right. Like miles is to a certain extent too pure, right? Like he cares about one thing, which is the performance of the car. And and yeah, yeah, I think BB's insights are exactly right. If you put him in front of a camera and there's something he doesn't like, he's a loose cannon. He will cannon. say, "Yeah, this, yeah, like in Europe, yeah, it's true. He's not, um, you know, a polished, um, right? You know, um, <laughs> spokesperson because he told him off on when he met him for the first time about just how crappy the yeah Ford Mustang was. Well, um, and so, and and I really think that, and and getting back to miles and his family and the relationship that he has with his son. I think, I think that is miles protecting his son. Cause BB was sort of like, Hey, don't touch that. And you oh, can see yeah. his son was like, yeah. Oh, I didn't think I did anything wrong. And yeah, miles sees that. And it's like, all right, I'm going to hand it to this jerk who just <laughs> made my son right. feel bad. You know? Um, that's true. That actually, yeah. I actually never thought of that. Cause it's as a kid, you're, yeah, you're always getting yelled at for stupid stuff, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, it's like especially it's a car. in the 60s. You're supposed to like touch it. And look oh, at I know. It. And, and the well, guy was like, "Yeah, he'll mess up the paint or some stupid." Yeah, <laughs> like, like uh, if if one kid opening this door is gonna mess up the paint, you guys may, you guys cut some corners in the production. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't put yeah. it on the road if like a ten <laughs> year old yeah. boy can like mess yeah. it up. I mean, I just thought, yeah, yeah there's just. Yeah. But I even love part of that scene as they're walking in, right? Again, you get the relationship between the father and son's really touching and and Miles is <laughs> not shy about giving his opinion 
Um, but you know, <laughs> Peter obviously feels comfortable enough with them to be like, I really like it, you know, <laughs> like, um, so yeah. versus like, Oh, my dad thinks this, so I'm going to shut up with my own opinion. You know, that element of the story, I think elevates it just from like another sports yeah. movie or just another, just like whatever. A, yeah. Where it's just like a couple of men doing their thing. Right. Just, and that's one, the one dimensional story you get. Right. Yeah, because Molly's character is very strong in the movie. I mean, she mm-hmm. doesn't have just, like, throwaway lines. I mean, she's a right. major contributor to mm-hmm. how the story goes and, and right. how he listens to her and her opinion mm-hmm. and, you know, respects mm-hmm. her. And it's... Um, so it is... I mean, it's a story... I would, you know... I could argue, yes, it's about a, this beautiful car, but it's, it's about relationships. It's about the friendship yeah. between... Shelby and Miles, it's about Miles and his family. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. those are kind of the core. If that emotional core wasn't there, I don't think we'd care that yeah. much about this movie, to be honest, other than it's like an exciting car race. Um, it would just be another movie. Yeah, I, I really agree. And I and I, and we've had a couple of movies now where, you know, there is no clear antagonist. It's yeah. really about <laughs> right. the, the relationships and the people and the people navigating believable situations. And, you know, like a lot of things, like a lot of movies do, they have to sort of elevate reality a little bit. Like we're not going to sit there and watch the, you know, two years or however long it takes to, <laughs> to build this car. You've got to compress it. <laughs> right. right. And, and collapse a series of events or a series of, real life people into maybe a single character that represents that. But, you know, the, um, I think this, again, like this movie does a great job of, uh, staying true to the story and having the relationships involved support the story. And, and like you said, elevate it versus take away from, right. There's no, like, there's no, you know, Shelby's got an ex-wife that is constantly, yeah. around, you know, who, whatever, right? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, or or he owes some mob boss money, or, you know, like like there's so many ways that some, you know, two-bit writer would, oh, this is how we'll add tension, you know, and it's just like this is my complaint about so many movies, it's like this is tense enough, right? And this is dangerous, and this is an, uh, a huge thing yeah. that trying to do. <laughs> Don't what, I mean, that's, it. I mean, that's the other thing is that, I mean, I know again, you know, I, I'm a fan of this type of racing of, you know, mm-hmm. it, they still run the Le Mans every year. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's, you can go and watch it. And, um, at that time, especially, I mean, and they show this in, in during the race, it was mm. insanely dangerous. I mean, it was yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, we think racing is dangerous. It was nothing like mm-hmm. it used to be. There was no, right. like, they didn't have guardrails up. I mean, those trees were literally just along <laughs> the road. I mean, That's, it, was, it yeah. was a regular country road through France. And mm-hmm. people died every year. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. <laughs> what they were doing was so, was so crazy. It was essentially, like, let's just put, like, um, a moon rocket on your on your back and we will just light it on fire and see what happens i mean it was so stupid (laughs) again uh, obvious invention by a bunch of dudes sitting around one night in a pub probably saying like yeah hey how fast do you think we could drive for 24 hours hey uh what do we think about safety no that's for wimps let's (laughs) no you you don't 
There's, they don't, I don't even know if it's they wear seatbelts, the honestly. I don't, I don't, yeah. I'm not positive they did. Well, you never see them be- put them the on or thing take was, them off. It was better to be thrown from the car than to be stuck in the right. car if it was on fire. I mean, well, seriously. Yeah. I mean, uh, Phil Remington pops, right? He's got yeah. that line a couple pops. of times, which is like, if you get out of the car, you'll be okay. Um, yep. and then, uh, I mean, I, I, I hate to jump all the way to the end, but you know, after the accident <laughs> at the end, I think his last line in the movie as he's walking away from Shelby is, you know, sometimes they don't always get out of the car. The cars were designed so that, yeah, the, the safety was not, not a consideration. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the drivers were expendable in that, in, in that way. Um, right. And it was like that for a long time in auto racing. Um, and mm-hmm. until they got serious, they got, it was funny because they're so serious. Like they show this part of the sport as well. Like how uptight they are about certain rules and regulations. I mean, even the fact that it's called the GT 40 had to do right. with the, you know, it, it's, it's, it's height. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, they're super intense about that. Like any little, right. any little rule. And you know, the, 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 um, the teams would try to, Think of creative ways to get around the rules all the time. Sure. That was part of the right. that was part of the sport, but yeah. the safety of the drivers was not considered a yeah. right. a fundamental they need. They weren't trying to get around the rules to make it safer. They were trying to be lighter and go faster. <laughs> faster, exactly. It's like yeah. isn't like she even Molly even says it. Like isn't the whole point to make it faster? You know, it was <laughs> yeah. like they were going to do something, and right. She's like, no, that's not why you do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, well, it that is. Was, it's, it's everything is engineered for that purpose. Right. I just because we're talking about this, one of my fa- favorite scenes uh, in the movie is that very first race um, at what, oh, yeah. what was it called? Do you remember what it's called? Uh, it's not Riverside, um, something side, but no, it's like yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Radiator Springs, but that's the movie cars. <laughs> <laughs> it's something Which like is that, basically though. the same movie. Uh, yeah, it really is. It's it's just the Pixar version of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, it's in but, a California out in the yeah. desert. And but I love that against Corvettes and stuff. Yeah, but I, I and I love when the the inspector's coming around, right? And he's <laughs> like, it's doesn't have the right amount of trunk space. Trunk <laughs> space. <laughs> And that just sets Miles off so hard. <laughs> just immediately. I, and this is this is the other part of Miles's character, right? He doesn't start to argue about what the right trunk space is. He goes right at the guy. He's like, when you were a little boy, did you realize that when you grew up, you'd be trying to enforce section two, paragraph A of the whatever regulation? It's so mean. Like, I know. But you're right. He's just like. I don't know. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> and then he just he just takes that hammer and bangs up the car enough that it fits, and he's yeah. just like, "Happy Bob." <laughs> <laughs> I know, and he was yeah. gonna drive. He was gonna drive for Porsche. I mean, he was. Yeah. <laughs> he had. He basically had an opportunity to be like the number right. two driver. For, for, yeah. For like, because I right. think it. I mean. Uh, it was a Dieter, Dieter Voss was right. the <laughs> he, he was the president of that of that company, yeah. which is kind of a famous car <laughs> manufacturer. Uh, um, yeah, 
Yeah. It, it's just, so <laughs> to me, it just showed another time where Miles is just sabotaging himself. Um, well, yeah. For the order of doing it his way. Yeah, I, I think that's his theme. And I actually have a question about that, but just to wrap up this scene, one of my favorite lines is the way it ends when, you know, Matt Damon, Carol Shelby is like, he runs a little company called Porsche over in Germany. Ever heard of it? <laughs> and Miles' response is, Shelby, I thought we felt the same way about Germans. <laughs> Yeah, he's still yeah. taking it personally, but yeah, yeah. I know it, it, it's one of those little lines that's just thrown in there, and if, you know, you may not catch it even on the first time. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's because they both fought in World War II. That's the other thing about these guys; they're both right. veterans of, of mm-hmm. the war. And yeah, um, yeah. I mean, so I have a question for you, um, and this is something I was—I definitely was curious about your opinion on it. Who do you think is the protagonist? Is it both of them? Is it Miles? Is it Shelby? Like, whose movie is this? Hmm. It is unique. Yeah, it's unique in that way because it it's... I mean, it. I think if you just want to buy pure screen time, I think it's mm-hmm. Shelby's story. Um, mm-hmm. He was... But, but the soul, or, you know, the heart of this movie yeah. is Miles' story, really. Um, so it's a good question. I, I did feel like Ken had more of the character arc in it than Shelby. Yeah. Yes. And even that I had questions about because, you know, we talked about he's, he can't quite get out of his own way, right? He's always kind of sabotaging, get, <laughs> getting caught up in his own, you know, the heat of the moment or his own, uh, whatever, right. Opinions. Um, He's got such blinders on for so many parts of this movie, right? Um, and, you know, he <clears throat> he does grow and evolve a little bit, you know, toward the end. And, you know, everyone's always telling him he needs to be more of a team player, team player, team player. And, yeah. You know, and yeah. then at the end he, he does, to his detriment, as, as we find out at the end of the race. But, um, so I feel like he has more of the the arc although i'm not sure he changes that much either um by the end but but yeah i think you're right i think he feels like kind of the the heart and soul of yeah i mean we're i mean we want i mean we want them both to succeed i mean that's Mm -hmm. like you know you're you're again you're rooting for them against the system and you know we yeah the under the underdog essentially um Mm -hmm. you know which is in every every Good, I mean, every good sports movie that we like, it's not about, like, you know. <laughs> the Patriots win again. <laughs> yeah, like Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl. It's like, like not a heartwarming story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that poor I'll, that poor millionaire with the supermodel wife. But how, does he, how does he make it through uh, his days? Uh, uh, but no, you see Miles at home trying to make ends meet, you know. And, right. Um, just focusing all his energy and you see Shelby just trying to manage this crazy driver and keep, keep Ford out of his way while mm-hmm. he's trying to, you know, build the ultimate machine. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely, um, but like you said, I, I do think it's, it's, it is in a sense kind of mild story. It's, mm-hmm. it's funny. Like I, I've read 
very few criticisms about this movie, but one that came up a few times, I had to hmm. laugh because hmm. they said the ending was so cliched. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, well, that's really what happened. There's no, like, there's no other way to tell that story. I mean, he, the, 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 like, they, they did go back to work after, mm-hmm. I mean, that particular car won four times in a row, the, the GT40, mm-hmm. but they were actually trying to build a better car, which was termed the J car, um, which they never did. They never did work on that car again. They don't talk about that in the movie, but the car that um, at the end of the movie that Miles was in, they stopped research for that car, mm. thinking it was too dangerous, mm-hmm. actually. Mm. Um, but people said, you know, it should it's like it should have ended at the end of the race, which is, you know, like you could have, but I think it's important to kind of wrap that story up. Yeah. I mean, it w- I think it would have been, I think it would have felt like a very unsatisfying ending seeing like, oh yeah, I got, you know, I got second place and then they just end it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had to, sh- right. I mean, there was more, there was more to that story, I think, um, literally, well, obviously, but also it, it yeah. had to be in there. It, it's, I, it wasn't just like tagged on at the end. I agree. I think, I think if it wasn't in there and you did know the story, you'd be pretty pissed because it would feel, <laughs> yeah. it would feel really like, I would think disrespectful to him and his legacy and what he contributed, um, to not have it in there. And, you know, if we do believe that this is really Ken's story, well then, you know, Ken's story ends tragically, unfortunately, pretty soon after this. So for the movie to end before that would be, I think a a huge miss. I I didn't think it was cliche at all. I thought it was sad and tragic. Opposite. If they would have ended it like without, you know, and then have that little thing. And by the way, he died. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just the title card. Oh my god, that'd be awful. Like, exactly. I mean, they did it the proper way. It wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. That the race was yes. I mean, that was what the movie was building up to. But um, that's not the whole the whole story. In fact, I mean, Peter actually was there when his father mm. died. Um, I mean that part is true. I mean he Man. he he never did. You know, obviously he never got into auto racing. He's still alive, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so th- those that that emotional just jolt. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean that that was that was real. And also, I think it was important to show Shelby's mourning and his how how struggling with the loss of. Exactly. You know, yeah. it wasn't just the car; it was also their friendship. You know, it was real. And um, right. again, I don't think the movie—if the movie was just about that—if they if, again, if they just would have stripped it of the of that content and just ended it like after the yeah. race, um, it would have just been a sucky movie that we would have forgotten about. Um, yeah. Rather than, I think it's a good story. Yeah, and I think it it reinforces the point that I think you made, which is, you know, this is really about the story of these people. And, you know, the journey that they're on is an exciting part of those people's lives, but it's about those people. So just because the race is over doesn't mean the story's over. Stories that tell, like, extraordinary events, you know, Mm -hmm. like 
fam- like in this case, a famous car race and the invention mm-hmm. of this famous car, um, shown through the eyes of just the, the you know, essentially normal people. I mean, I, it's hard to argue mm-hmm. maybe they weren't so normal, but just to see like, yeah. you know, that there that the, the human element to to do something um, amazing in this world. I mean, it's it I think is I think is a compelling story to tell, and if you clutter it. Or just make it bland. I mean, yeah. it just it's like who's interested in that? Well, and I think I think it keeps the story grounded in reality, right? Like none of us are flying fighter jets <laughs> or inventing the fastest <laughs> automobile or flying right. our Tesla into outer space, right? Like you know, uh, we're we're observers, right? But and and to have those people involved in their perspectives and their input. Like, again, you know, Molly is an important character in this and her input and perspective is, is heard and received and factored in and that, that kind of thing. And it, it makes it feel like a more believable thing. And in being more believable, I think it's more relatable, right? Like, so we are invested because we, we care not only about the people and what they're trying to do, but the, the people around them and the fact that it's not, the fact that it's connected to something we can relate to, I think makes us uh, invest more emotionally in the characters and their journey. Yeah. It, it's, it's just nice. It sounds so weird, but just to have, <laughs> have a movie that's, it's a good story. Like yeah. it's, I don't yeah. feel like there's some kind of hidden agenda or mm-hmm. that there's, you know, just about, I mean, yeah. I mean, you could argue, yeah. Auto racing is an extremely wasteful <laughs> sport. <laughs> it sure. doesn't con- it doesn't contribute to humanity in any way in you know in the sense of like making <laughs> us smarter or better um it's it's it uses a ton of resources to do this um yeah and yeah that's it's all true but it's also a very it's just a story um right but these people who lived a very real thing in their lives and mm-hmm. um yeah i mean there's there's so many scenes that I just want to talk about because they're like, it's just loaded with like these classic little, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> little bits. And we, we've now the only part actually I thought was kind of maybe a little hokey was, was actually at the be- at the beginning where Mr. F- Mr. Ford is up there and he says, <laughs> you know, stop, stop the machines. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he goes in that little tale about, you know, his dad walking home from Edison and has an idea. Uh-huh. And then he's like, the next person has a good idea, keeps their job. And right. I thought, well, that's <laughs> bullshit. I mean, it's not their job to come up with your <laughs> solutions. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> they're just building like transmissions and stuff. That's like, I yeah. thought that was, I mean, I don't think that ever I, happened, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, I I wrote the same note, which is like the speech. That's a bit harsh. Uh, yeah, like as if it's um, their fault. You know, they're just right. In fact, but why don't you go to work and go home? That's the that's what they're paid to do. Yeah, I, those... I, I I agree. I I think I think it it sets up. You know, the it sets up his character a little bit. Um, it sets up that you know he's obviously concerned about the future of the company. So it kind of like sets the stage for a lot of stuff. And of course the, the shutting down of the assembly line is an incredibly, you know, dramatic uh, set piece yeah, to, that, it's, to exactly. get that across. It's, it's, but, but yeah, it was right. the, it was the mechanism that sent, you know, Lee Iacocca <laughs> thinking. 
yeah. About how to, you know, and I love his little scene too. Where oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it, I thought that was pretty good because it does explain like, like, well, why do we need a fast sports car? You know, why why right. in the world would we need that? And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, he goes on and saying, you know, people. He talks about that, you know, the youth of today have all this money and they're, you know, they're, yeah. that's, that's the era where they're, you know, like they're modding hot rods, right? They're taking the mm-hmm. old junkers that their parents had and they're modifying them and going street racing, right? You know, mm-hmm. the Beach Boys mm-hmm. and all that. Um, and, um, you know, saying, you know, it's, it's, car, it's essentially he's saying cars, it's, it's not a logical <laughs> love affair right. that we have with them i mean you, mm-hmm. you it's the essence of what this represents you know and he shows right. like james bond and like sophia yeah. loren and all these people yeah. and you know they get the suits are just kind of making fun of them and yeah and he's like you know <laughs> i love he's like you know james bond doesn't drive a ford and mr ford's like because he's a degenerate <laughs> he's a degenerate right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he drives an aston martin yeah. 85 which is this right. gorgeous thing and yeah he's not driving a whatever right. i don't know what ford made in but, those days to be honest with you yeah but i mean and then you know i mean bb's got the great thing you know he's like uh or lee iacocca sets up ferrari right and he's like we make more cars in a day than they make in a year and and his yeah. his response is like you know enzo ferrari will go down as the greatest car manufacturer oh. and car manufacturer in history and boy oh boy the balls to like say that right to uh Henry oh i know Ford. it yeah exactly because he says it's not going to be who made the most cars in history yeah. <laughs> you know yeah and he's making a very valid point it's like yeah yeah like ferraris are cool and people love them right um, <laughs> right in a right. very different way than people would get a ford station wagon yeah, I mean it's the reason everyone went crazy for the iPod, right? Or 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 iPhones. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they're more expensive, but they're cool, you know. Yeah. That's why Microsoft's <laughs> Zune took a dump and <laughs> didn't ever get off the ground. Microsoft's what? not cool. <laughs> Apple's cool. <laughs> uh, so, Chris, do you have a key scene in this movie? Yes, and if if I. You know, if I had to rethink the theme, <laughs> um, hmm. it I think it encapsulates kind of what I think this, why I think this is well at least why it's interesting to me. It's it's the stories about kind of the pursuit of perfection in, in whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just to find that ideal or what people do, what sacrifices they make, the decisions they mm-hmm. make to go that route and. There's that beautiful scene um, where Ken and his son Peter are basically mm-hmm. walking the um, mm-hmm. the test route. It's it's mm-hmm. the sun is setting, and um, you know he's just talking to his dad about you know what he does, you know mm-hmm. his, his job basically, and right. You know he 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 explain you know because he he's like you know if. Again, this is just not that not that I'm an auto racer, but they do these <laughs> things where like they can point out like the tiniest details, and right. that's like a marker to them of to you know to brake or to you know whatever they to, to downshift or, or whatever they need to do at that point. So he's like right. he's pointing out the different the different aspects that he sees, um, you know, when he drives and mm-hmm. um, you know they sit down 
and and he describes like the perfect lap mm-hmm. and you know what that kind of that what that means to him it's almost like the spirit you know it's like a spiritual experience right or just every decision right. is the right decision to mm-hmm. go around the track one time or the circuit or wh- whatever it is to do it to do it everything right and he right. and he asks his son you know can it's basically do you understand what i mean is what he's saying you know do you get it mm-hmm. and he's like yeah I, I think i do and he's like yeah i don't think not you know what is it like not everybody can see that yeah. and yep. mm-hmm. i think it, i think what that move what that what that scene does is it not only describes you know just you know what 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 they're after basically you know what are, sure. what are they trying to do what what ken is all about and also to share that with with his son, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it kind of it, it has so many levels where it's it's like this very intimate moment of yeah. he and his son just connecting, and he wants to, he's trying to share his world, you know, to his son. Um, not saying, you know, you should or should not see this. Mm-hmm. It's just like what what do you you know does, what do you think? Um, right. And then and also just we haven't talked at all about just how beautifully shot this movie is oh my God. just how they yeah. edit it how they mm-hmm. i mean they didn't have to make a movie this <laughs> nice to look at to tell this story yeah. i mean it, it yeah. wasn't a requirement um but right. but they did i mean mangold yeah. is a really excellent director i mean he did yeah. he did logan i don't know if you ever saw the i haven't the yet. final well yes um but anyway he was a good choice for this action movie but also because it's right. it's 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 just nice to look at, and so yeah, just the way they did the way they did that scene, um, I, I think is it just tells. There's a whole lot of weight in that in those few minutes, and I, to me, that's why it was such an, like. There are lots of parts that are really good scenes, but to me, that mm-hmm. had um, had everything it needed in that one part. It it's an interest. I it, it's a really interesting choice. I don't know that I would have. Um, <clears throat> I don't know that I would have picked that, but not for any of the, like, I agree with everything that you've said. And I think it's a really, uh, important scene in the movie, but it's, it's such a understated scene as opposed to so much of the rest of the movie. It's easy for (laughs) maybe it to be overlooked a little bit, but, um, I think you're, you're right. I mean, especially the, again, we come back to him. He's in the middle of getting ready to race this race and he's taking time out to just hang out with his son yeah. right um it speaks to the the character again of of miles and the relationship that they have um and i think it's a really good also for the audience a little bit <clears throat> it's it's a really good um way to explain also just how difficult this is right he, he his son asks questions like how can you see that at 200 yeah, miles an hour? And yeah, he exactly. talks about, you know, you don't narrow your vision at those speeds, you broaden it. Right. And everything is like peripheral or whatever. And like, it's kind of gives you a little window as a non race car driver into like what it takes to be able to drive those speeds and react the way that they do. And, and the yeah, fact that just, he already knows, you know, at this marker, I downshift to third and then blah, blah, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, there's a lot. Right. Yeah, because um, you're you're mentally and physically processing things that, yeah, you know, like besides fighter pilots, there's not a whole lot of us that 
yeah. that, that are making decisions at that speed. And right, right. Um, it, it is not, um, but yet it's, for him, it's not, he never says, yeah, that's, that will be, that'll make me the fastest driver. He's like, mm-hmm. this, this is the goal is just that right. it, it's like this perfection. Um, right. And yeah. And, and, me, and maybe in most, you know, there's very few things in our lives where we probably, <laughs> we probably think that way. <laughs> like I, I, I took the, I, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, Peter says, like, you know, but you can't do that every time, right? And he's like, no, but you can try, right? Um, yeah. <clears throat> the only thing I can relate it to personally is, um, <laughs> and this is such lower stakes. Uh, <laughs> really, I, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, I've got a lot of cats. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the only thing I can relate it to is, like, you know, when like playing music uh and then trying to record mm-hmm. like going mm-hmm. into a, mm-hmm. a recording session um there's this sort of weird kind of double yeah. mindset that you get because i mean there's a couple of different ways to record and some bands do it like where they record like a bar at a time and then stitch it all together yeah like like, like <laughs> right. uh, Def Leppard did that right? I, was they just, were notorious. <laughs> I was just hysteria <laughs> like they did yeah, like every exactly. second or something <laughs> yeah right um you know but then other bands do like just one take right um and they right. keep the best one right and so and and that tends to be how you know the recording that I do is sort of the one take so you have this sort of double mindset of keeping the entire picture in your mind and trying to understand like what's coming up. What do I have to be prepared for? But then also you have to be very in the moment with what am I supposed to be doing right now? Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's hard to do. Um, and yeah, you can't do it perfectly every time. Um, but I don't know. I, I might imagine it's a little bit like that where you've got to know where am I in the track? How is the car doing? Where can I push it at this point? What are the brakes doing? And then also here comes my marker and I need to downshift and I got to get around this car in front of me. Like, um, to be able to hold all of those things. And you're right. It's a mental and physical, um, activity. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess. No, I, I, it's it. Yeah. I hadn't thought of this. Um, until you talked about, you know, making music and, you know, Mm. I like to dabble in photography and Mm. like, I, I, I was explaining this to my wife, like, you know, you, you take an image, um, you know, and, and, you know, pictures are, you know, um, every picture you see has been (laughs) altered or corrected Mm -hmm. in some way. I mean, that's just the neat photography is a, is fake essentially mm-hmm. in that regard. Um, so then when you do the, you know, you take a picture and you, and you, you go through the process of editing it and, and trying mm-hmm. to make it look kind of right. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it just like, I don't know. It's like something like magical happens where all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like in certain things, it just, it everything just clicks and it's almost like you get an adrenaline rush from it. it it's yeah. very strange. Yeah. It doesn't happen mm-hmm. again. It doesn't happen every every time you know it's just like there's times you're like oh my gosh that's better Mm -hmm. than i am than i think i you know (laughs) i would do that every time if i could oh yeah (laughs) you know i would 
but yeah, every once in a while, it just everything clicks, and you're like, "This yeah. is, um, yeah, something happened." And so, and maybe that's why it's a it's such a compelling idea to me is that you know for for them it's everything worked out exactly the way you know, or even I don't know, it's it, there is well, something about that. Yeah, I mean, and and I the same is true with music where. <clears throat> you know, we'll have times, uh, in, in, in my band where, you know, we'll play the same song, you know, dozens of times, right. right? Like live or something like that. Right. And maybe two out of the 10 times that we play this song, there's like a magical moment that happens. Right. And it's the same song and it's the same two people. We've been doing it forever. Right. And it's just like, there's sort of the, the stars align, right. And, and magic happens. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that, you know, it's the same that what miles is trying to say about the perfect lap. It's like how many hundreds of times does he drive around this same track? Um, right. you know, <laughs> and they're all pretty good, but sometimes yeah. it's perfect. <laughs> Can we jump to the end just for a sec? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this ties into that, um, where he's just been given basically the order to like, okay, you got to slow down <laughs> so yeah. all the cars can line up. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but, you know, he's like, it's, it's, it's your, it's your, it's your car. You know, you do what right. you want. Right. Right. Um, so he, so BB's told Shelby, here's what's going to happen. <laughs> so right. what Ken does is <laughs> he actually goes out and drives faster. Right. Um, and he nails it. He nails the yeah. perfect, you know, his son says yeah. the perfect lap. And he sets right. the, 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 the race record speed at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. He'd been doing it exactly the entire race. And then <laughs> yeah. he just at the, I remember the first few times I saw it, I thought, well, that's just, that's just kind of a, you know, he's an F you to like Ford or whatever, mm-hmm. but no, he, he had not got the perfect right. lap yet. And he mm-hmm. wasn't going to do anything. Out, you know, that was that was it. Right. You know, yes, winning was mm-hmm. super important, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But he, you know, he had to do that one thing, and he did it. Right. I think that to me was the only reason that he could say, you know, when, when he was cl- he was so far ahead of everyone. Yeah, um, I know that that he could he could do the thing where it's like, yeah, okay. Um, I, I can, yeah, I can share this victory. Right. You know, I, I, I totally agree. And I think that is why when, when he gets robbed of victory and gets placed second because his car started sooner, started up. Why? I think that's why he can accept that too, because I think to a certain level, he's like, I got what I needed for me, which was, I, you know, I raced my best race and I reached the perfection that I wanted to. And that matters more to him, you know, than the accolades maybe. I mean, I'm sure he would love to, 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 yeah, to he was, first. Yeah. but you know, the fact that he reacts the way he does, which is like, you know, you promised me the drive, not the win. Like that's a very, yeah. Yeah. For someone who's been so tuned up for so much of this movie, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a very like Zen way to accept that moment. But I think you're right. It's because he got what he needed. Uh, yeah. Out of the race. And, and he did. He, you know, that, that, that little, not, it's, it seemed just kind of like a 
throw in line, but it wasn't. It was like, you promised yeah. me to the race, not... Mm-hmm. And, you know, he held up his end of the bargain. He has nothing... Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of like, I got nothing to complain about. And then mm-hmm. he even gets the highest praise in the entire the entire movie. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's when Enzo's looking down on the race... Mm-hmm. And he looks right at Ken and like mm-hmm. tips his hat to him. Like, I doubt yeah. if he ever said anything nicer to anyone in his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I <laughs> to, know. to acknowledge like that was that was amazing. You know, I, I yeah, I tip my hat to you for the well, right? I mean, and and you see, <laughs> and you see after like after like uh, Bandini, the last Ferrari driver, is is out, yeah. right? You know, he ha- uh, Enzo Ferrari has that line too, and you know Miles <laughs> shoots by, and he says Bellissimo. Yeah. You know, like, but again, yeah, I think exactly. it goes to the character of like these are the people that are looking for perfection, and as much as they want to produce it, when they they can also <laughs> they like see it, see it in the other, right? Um, yeah, it's like an artist recognizing the yeah. talents of another great artist. It's like, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was amazing. I, what am I going <laughs> to say that wasn't? <laughs> Yeah, and even even Miles, right when the Ferraris are rolling out, he looks at him and he says, "Well, if this was a beauty pageant, I think we just lost." Oh, I know, because because <laughs> those, I mean, those Ferrari um, three thirty P threes is what they're called. I mean, they were, uh-huh. and I think they still are by car people considered like one of the most beautiful cars like ever made. I mean, they were. Oh yeah. And they ran perfectly, and there's a reason why yeah. Ferrari just kicked everyone's ass for so long. Right. I mean, they just right. they just understood how to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so for Enzo, you know, just to um, acknowledge, like, yeah, that you did, you know, that, I, th- I thought that was without one line of dialogue, that whole mm-hmm. that whole thing said so much. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you think about. And this gets to like different type of people too, right? Like some people status matters, right? Some people, they need a visual representation of their success, you know, and maybe that's manifested in, I need the biggest house on the block or I need to drive a flashy car or make a ton of money. Um, you know, and then there are other people who, you know, there's the personal satisfaction of, you know, a job well done or, you know, for miles, it's like perfection reached or, or what have you, you know, like, and I, you know, I think we've seen in his character all along that, you know, that's really what is driving him. And so even though he doesn't have the trophy to take home, I think he still feels like he's taking home a personal victory. Yeah. Because he's, you don't, um, the significance actually of what happened there historically was, um, it's still like a big deal because, Hmm. There's kind of a triple crown of endurance racing. They yeah, didn't show yeah. the uh, they, they they didn't show the um, Sebring race the Sebring, in the movie, yeah. but but he won that. Then he won the Daytona 24, which is not it's mm-hmm. not a stock car race. It's actually another right, right. 24 hour race. He won that one, and he would have won Le Mans, which mm-hmm. I don't I I'm not sure. I don't think anyone has done that. Still, I'm not. I think, I think I read that someone did, and it was okay. It's it's later. possible, yeah. But he would have been the first, mm-hmm. um, which was huge. I mean, that's yeah. like you know, I don't know what's, a, I don't know. N- name a sport, <laughs> and, and something huge happened. You know, it's right. it's it's it's, it's the, it, so for him even to like kind of like yeah okay. I mean that yeah. that's, I mean, 
I think, and, and from what I've read and the books I've read and about him, he kind of was like that. I mean, he was mm-hmm. not, um, you know, it's, it, it, and essentially it, it's like Enzo Ferrari. He, he mm-hmm. wasn't trying to be the richest car maker in the world. He wanted to be right. the best, you know, mm-hmm. and it didn't cost him everything. He, mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, and then we see that in Ford though, too. It's like, at first you think it's just about making money, but there's something else to it for him as well. I mean, he wants mm-hmm. to, he wants that name to mean something. Like he said, yeah. you know, the, the that mm-hmm. Ford badge, um, mm-hmm. that also, it, it means something more than just a bunch of cars. It, it's, it's, right. it's greatness. And, you know, and he's interested in legacy. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I think that's, we see that part where, <laughs> One of my favorite scenes in the movie, <laughs> although I, it, it was a, it was something for a key scene, is is when, yeah, they lock BB <laughs> in <Yeah>. Shelby's office. <laughs> He's like, "What? I can't hear you." And then, <laughs> and then he takes, he takes Mr. Yeah. he takes the deuce on a little ride. You ready? The name on the middle of that steering wheel should tell you that I was born ready, Shelby. Hit it, that a boy. Uh-huh. And for regular humans, that is a frightening thing to do what they do. Like we just can't. Like for them, it's like, <laughs> like yeah. What did Remington say? He's like, <laughs> he says, "This is the point where the uninitiated have a ch- tendency to soil themselves." <laughs> yeah, and you totally would. I mean, yeah, like, and so, <laughs> so they, you know, they stop the car, <laughs> and then. He just starts crying, right? Just crying his eyes out. And he's been such a you know, hard ass and all these things. Yeah. And at first you know, at first you think, oh, he's just crying because, you know, it's you got scared, right? It was just mm-hmm. a scary ride. But then you realize there was something else underneath that. He's like, I wish yeah. my father yeah. could experience this. So it's right. it's I mean, that makes it a much I mean, it was that little addition that you see oh no there's something it's not just a funny scene it's just like right he's really invested himself also into this project in a way i mean it's it's what's the yeah i think that's the scene they showed at the oscars when i think when they oh really i think that was the scene but i'm not positive i mean it's again it gets to the impetus behind the whole project right it's personal for him from the beginning and then it (laughs) yeah but but at first it's about an insult and then it expands out into sort of like legacy and like he said i wish my daddy could feel this um you know i i read and i want to talk about the cast in a minute because i but he is one of my favorites tracy letts is henry ford the (laughs) second i really love him in this role um and i i guess one of the things I read is, you know, he basically made himself cry on demand by thinking about his own father who had passed. Oh, and, wow. And so, oh, wow. So, you know, it's interesting that, you know, the lines are about, you know, the Henry Ford, the second character wishing that his father could experience this. And the ammunition that he used himself as the actor was to think about his own father's passing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just such, it's, <laughs> It's such a good scene, and I and I I love, it. You know the the, the crying feels so like, uh, uh, genuine and like yeah. Tracy Letts <laughs> did such an amazing job, and 
and they let it sit there, right? And you see, yeah. you know, Matt Damon sort of like is just getting just, uncomfortable and just yeah, he's like, giving he's a little uncomfortable, but he knows like he's got to give it some time before saying true. anything, yeah. you know. And yeah, good point. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It's so great. I love when he first gets in the car. He's like, oh, yeah. sat on my nuts. And, and, Matt, and Matt Damon's like, well, we'll build the next one for comfort, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and, and yeah, just, just that experience. And he's like, not, you know, no one can just drive this car, you know? It, yeah. Like you've, you've, you've seen that now. And mm-hmm. It's, right. He's just, and then yeah, and then he puts the <laughs> he puts the wager on, um, mm-hmm. which yeah, I mean that again is a key scene because it does it does mm-hmm. a, like it's interesting because those the the perfect lap scene and that one are actually pretty close together in the movie, mm-hmm. like they're yeah. they're in a sequence there. So there's there's <laughs> there's two like really important parts of this whole story, um, yeah, kind of kind of you know juxtaposed. Well, it's kind of right, right near, I, I would say that's sort of right near the end of kind of the second act. So yeah, you know, it's true. Yeah, you're right. Kind of it's teeing the, up the third act a little bit. That's true. Um, I guess it does show the two elements, you know, if I could, I don't know if I'm getting unnecessarily deep here, but <laughs> the, 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 two, the two elements of, you know, so you have the, the Ken Miles sort of story, but then you also have Shelby and his is working with Ford and trying to get things mm-hmm. done and, you know, and mm-hmm. his, his whole thing. I mean, Shelby wants to win too. I mean, it's yeah. not like, oh, yeah. he's not like doing this just to show up. He wants, <laughs> he wants to show that he's the best. He understands mm-hmm. cars better than anyone else in the world. And he knows what it takes to win that race. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the cast. Cause you know, we talked yeah, about please. Tracy Letts's, Henry Ford II, obviously Matt Damon and Christian Bale as our two leads. Um, but man, I, I just, I love everybody in this movie. I love I Josh Lucas <laughs> as Leo Beebe. I know. Like, it's, it's jo- the, it's the... Josh Lucas. I mean, he, he's got a lot of credits, but boy, all I remember him for is her, is his smarmy roles and he does it so well. I he is know. such, he's such the guy with that smile and that smug that you just that, like, like Oh, I hate this guy so much, but like, you know, uh, he's just really good at it. Um, I mean, I, I remember him from American Psycho, you know, and he's, yeah, he's that yeah, exactly. kind of smarmy uh, New York uh, character. And then from, um, oh gosh, what was that uh, Russell Crowe movie, Mind? Uh, oh, oh, A Beautiful uh, Mind. A Beautiful Mind. Yeah. yeah. And he's sort yeah. of the smarmy he other also, classmate, you yep, know. Yep. No, he does that. Um, he was. It was the casting of this was. It's hard. It's hard to imagine that actually the original choices for the two leads was Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. Did you know that? I saw that. I saw that. I. I wrote could you, that could you imagine? No, and and <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom Cruise. You've already had your racing movie. You did Days yeah, of Thunder. Yeah, you did. You don't get Days of Thunder. One. You don't. I don't know if he was supposed to be Shel. I assume he was going to be Ken Miles in the movie, the driver. I don't know oh, which really? part he was. I don't know which he was so, casted for. Which was Brad Pitt, I guess, was supposed to be Shelby. I guess. I would have done the reverse. I would have cast Tom Cruise as Shelby and Brad Pitt as the driver. Um, huh. And 
And maybe that's because, so did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, no, I didn't. Oh, it's a good, it's a good movie. I recommend it. Um, but Brad Pitt plays like this stunt man in it. And oh, it's very okay. sort of like, I don't know. It's sort of like a understated role for him, but, um, I don't know. I, I, I could see Tom Cruise as the, um, Shelby, uh, character hmm. kind of wheeling and dealing. Um, but who knows? I don't know. I'm, I think I put yeah. Brad Pitt in the driver's seat mostly because of his role in that in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> no, that's but, why we're not casting. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> but no, this, that's the, that's the main I, reason. I, I can't imagine this movie feeling the same as it does with those two in it. I think it would just feel way different. I, I really love Christian Bale's performance is incredible. Um, and I really love Matt Damon in this movie and he's, yeah. he's a little hit or miss for me. I, I generally like him. I don't think he's an amazing actor, but I kind of think he picks good roles that, um, that he can do well at, you know, whereas Christian Bale feels like the actor who's like, I'll go all over the place, you know, in terms of right. types of roles and things that he picks. <laughs> Did you know that Bale lost uh, 70 pounds for this role? Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like if you, if you see a picture of Ken Miles, he wasn't like a, yeah, he wasn't like a muscular guy. He was like yeah. a middle-aged British guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I happened to be the best driver in the world at that time. Yeah. I think I read that, like, I don't know if it was Matt Damon or someone else asked Christian Bale, like, how are you going to lose that weight? And Bale basically said, oh, I just don't eat. And that was it. I just don't eat. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I guess that'll work. No, he's but, pretty. um, yeah. Oh, I know the times that he's gone up and down and up and yeah. down. Like, what was that, that movie? The machinist or something? The machinist, right? He like weighed yeah. like 90 pounds or whatever. Oh, yeah. It God, was that was a hard movie to watch. Yeah. And then he was Batman. He must've, he was pretty, you know, <laughs> yeah, probably like, He's bigger, so two twenty, two fifty, something like that. I'm guessing. I don't. Yeah, like my yeah. my build, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he does. So, yeah, the two suit, leads so. were the two leads were ideal. Josh Lucas yeah. was so good mm -hmm. at the Mister, and then um, like they just threw like other roles, like um, Iacocca um, was given right. to um, John Bernthal. John, yeah, and you know he's right. such a great actor too, and he, he, you know, he wasn't given a whole lot to do in this movie, but still, it was, you know, I, um, I thought, I, I thought he fit exactly what the Leigh <laughs> Cook character needed to do in this movie extremely yeah, it, well, and maybe you know? that's it, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love like some of my favorite scenes with him. We already talked about sort of the pitch scene to Henry Ford the Second, which we, yeah, which is which great. Is, um, but I love when, when, when uh, 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 Miles wins Daytona and he just has that great laugh. He's like, "How about that? How about that?" It's you know? <laughs> he's, he's just fun to watch in this. Actually, um, take it back. He's actually given a couple of very important parts. He's he's the pitch to Ford and then also the pitch mm -hmm. to Ferrari. So he's actually yeah. oh right early on he's given kind of <laughs> some important I stuff did. to say. I did love in the, in the pitch to Ferrari, how he's, he's so like satisfied with himself. He's like, this is going to be great. And yeah. you know, everything's being, you know, um, translated into Italian that he says. And yeah. then when it gets to the dollar amount, he's like, I'm going to say this in Italian. Dieci 
milioni di dollari. And it just like hangs in the air, like, oh, I'm not getting the response I expected. Yeah, I know. He thinks he's gonna And it's be such like... a like salesman thing to do, like, oh, I can speak some of your language. Oh, no. He thought that was gonna be the deal clincher, right? And then, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of my, one of the other folks I just love in every scene he's in in this is uh, Ray McKinnon as Phil Remington or Pops. Uh, yeah, he's just yeah. such a great character in this, and um, <laughs> he's just—he's got so many good little lines, and I love the scene that, during Le Mans where where the the deuce is flying away in the helicopter, and the one guy is saying like he's probably going somewhere <laughs> nice to dinner, and Remington's like eating a bologna sandwich, and he's yeah. just like, "What do you mean, like, probably? What are you?" <laughs> <laughs> so. No, he is given yeah. like a lot of the little, uh, and also some of the fun parts where it's like the door, the door's broken, right? Of all the oh, things, yeah. it's the beginning of the race. <laughs> right, it's the right. big, it's the big deal, and the <laughs> door won't close. So he's like, just get out of the way. He just, just pounds it in. Yeah, yeah, it's such like a well, it's such like a brilliant solution. <laughs> well, and like, and that's why he's so like. Uh, crucial to the team that Shelby has created, right? He's like his number two guy. Um, and I think part of that is like, he, he just like, will jump in and see a solution. Right. And you see that when he, you know, he's kind of the one that comes up with the brakes, right. The swapping out the brakes yeah. and yeah. like not five minutes later, he's out sketching out, you know, what it's going to do. So, um, and I guess you know, he I, really I was, I mean, one of the lead genius engineers of this time. I mean, that, I don't mm. think that was, that's that's not overplayed. I think he is, mm. you know, considered one of the geniuses in, um, yeah, what, what mechanical engineering. <laughs> I don't know what else yeah. to call yeah. it, but that's yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, just his very calm kind of, you know, Gandalf-like presence <laughs> to, right. to keep yeah. Shelby under control. And, I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of the the anchor for Shelby in a lot of ways. You know. Uh, yeah, exactly. Even in the like very the, first, the very first scene, the very first race, right <laughs> where he's he's knocking on the door. He's like, "It's race time, buddy. It's eight thirty. Time to get up." <laughs> Shelby's just like, "Go away." Probably hungover. I don't know, right? Yeah, that's uh, kind of the right the implication. To think. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's just some dirty race track and some like you know. <laughs> Somewhere in California. Like, it does. It shows, like, Shelby from, you know, winning Le Mans to, like, now he's just, like, doing these little regional races, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, um, but, yeah, Remington sticking with him through this whole experience does anchor mm-hmm. him. And it is kind of his conscience in a right. lot of ways. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Calling him out about, you know, he's like, come out and beat Carol Shelby. And he's like, well, what, is, what right. the hell is that supposed to mean? You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're buying a car, but it, right. but they're not, and that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they're not just buying a car, and Shelby knows mm-hmm. that. I mean, he's yeah. not. He's no. just saying that. <clears throat> yeah, he's stuck in his own stuff at that point. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, but no, I loved everybody in this. Oh, and and gosh, we didn't even mention um, uh, Katrina Balf, uh, who plays Molly, is yeah. I she's. Really I only know from. Yeah, um, was it Outlander, the the series? But she's really good in that. And she oh, again, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine 
I don't know the the visionary basically that casted all these people. Mm-hmm. Because again, she's so good at like, you know, she um, you know essentially plays that role for Miles, Miles, mm-hmm. <laughs> Miles' conscience, right? You know, and trying to, yeah. you know, um, yeah. keep him going, um, mm-hmm. keeping the family together as well, while he can pursue this. But she's also yeah right. involved in the. You know, she's even there. You know, talk when they're talking about the cars, and mm-hmm. she understands it. She's not just, mm-hmm. you know, sitting back and hearing the boys talk. I mean, she right. she's been around him. Um, you know, because they even introduced that idea early on, where she she's talking about the in the garage. You know, she's talking <laughs> yeah. about. He's like, what I kind of <laughs> deviant are you? Type of girl who likes the smell of wet gasoline oh. and rubber. Oh, are you some kind of a deviant? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, only since I married you. <laughs> and then he shows that he shows that's my car out there. It's that wood paneled <laughs> station. That's <track>. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Studebaker. Yeah, because I think it's like he, it's his garage is like I think he, like MGs. He's doing you know he fixes British sports cars or yeah. whatever he's doing. And, yeah. So anyway, um, and then even uh, the actor who played Peter, who I haven't seen. Right. That's always to me a, like a risky thing when you give a mm-hmm. lot of <laughs> screen time to young youth actors because they can right. really be a distraction mm-hmm. in it. But um, I mean, he did a superb job. I mean, you really, you know, the connection between. I mean, that had to work. The connection between Christian Bale and him. Um, yep for so much of this movie to be believable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, at least the family element, I should say. Not, not the special effects or anything, but the, <laughs> just the, the, um, the connection they have um, is, is, yeah. is, is, is really interesting. And um, yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought he did a great job. I really loved him in this. And I, he, I have, I guess I saw him in a quiet place, but I don't remember. Him oh, he was in that. In that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. Huh. All right. Yeah. Quiet. But he I was also, remember. yeah, he was also in a movie where he played Matt Damon's son, and I can't remember the name of the, that movie. <laughs> but so yeah, so they just sort of switched <laughs> up a was little it Ford bit. Ford versus Ferrari two. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> this time it's real. <laughs> this, this time it's personal. Yeah. Ferrari. That's right. Bites back. It's a. It's just a foot race between Christian Bale and uh, ben, uh, <laughs> Bandini. <laughs> I really enjoyed the score to this movie. I, they, they, you know, there's a bunch of sort of '50s and '60s songs woven in, but, yeah. but just the original composition for the score I thought was what really, really served the movie well. Um, and I. I read a little bit about it and I guess um, <clears throat> they put together like a 16 person, I think it was 16 person band basically to do this, but it, it didn't have, there was no strings. It was like horns and right. guitars and, and like huh. a stand up bass. And, and they were going for more of a like rock jazz sixties yeah. vibe yeah. than yeah. a traditional kind of orchestral uh, movie score. And I think, you know, I think, it really is effective in a couple of spots, even in the very beginning, right after 
Shelby gets his diagnosis and there's just the simple like guitar chords mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And some of his little voiceover at the beginning but man I think the the, the score really shines in the racing scenes um, and <clears throat> the fact that it's you know guitars and and horns and some piano at, at different points and, and drums and there's a lot of rhythm to it um, yeah, I just feel like it, it, it really, it elevates those scenes, which are already incredibly exciting and beautiful to watch. Um, but I feel like the score really carries a lot of the, uh, a lot of the rhythmic stuff is just, you know, okay, we're in, we're in, mm-hmm. we're following, you know, we're going right. along. And even, even when we're cutting back to like the, the guys in the news booth and stuff like that, you know, it's still <laughs> yeah. keeping us connected to the action. Um, and then of course, like you, you get those climactic points where, you know, Christian Bale finally passes the last car or something yeah. happens and then the horns kick in and you're like, ah, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. The part where he wins, um, he wins Daytona. And mm-hmm. then also when he yeah. passes, Bandini mm-hmm. for the second time, you know, they're, they're right. basically, you know, Bandini's already played chicken with them once and lost mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, who's going to, who's going to, who's going to blink first. Who's going to hit their brakes first on that corner, you know, that key corner right. after the straight, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it, it's, it's, it's beyond, you know, it's not, it's both the car and the driver being in sync because, you know, so, Bale pushed it. So the second time they do the same thing and at that same point um, <laughs> where, where, yeah, like the, the, the Ferrari couldn't handle it and the music just mm-hmm. crescendos as, as, as Bale um, passes him. It's just so, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it is. It's exhilarating. Um, one thing too yeah. I thought about, there are, there are some, you know, the computer animated mm-hmm. things in the movie. Like, like yeah. But it's mostly just the um, car wreckage. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's practical effects, um, mm-hmm. which I think makes a difference. I mean, that you can. I mean, they had to. <laughs> I don't know how many cars they had to use in it, but um, yeah, the car explosions obviously are computer generated. Right. But a lot of a lot of the racing is yeah. They just put a camera on a car and drove it around fast. Right. Did <laughs> you watch cool. the? Did you watch the any of the like bonus features? Yeah. For this movie. Yeah. yeah I, I watched it like maybe a, a while back. I haven't watched it. I didn't rewatch it for this, but they talked a lot about that, of you know, recreating those cars and, and filming that. I, I think it's incredible. The, uh, I know they did a ton of like, uh, sort of like animatic, like sort of quick animations of a lot of those race scenes to just sort of right. uh, block it out and everything like that. Um, and it's it's interesting in watching some of that stuff where you can see the the you know quick and dirty animation of what the scene's gonna be, and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. It looks exactly like that, you know, but with real stuff. So, yeah, yeah. I think the racing scenes in this movie are are really incredible, and they are so energetic and and fun to watch. There's so much dynamic. There's like the camera angles that they choose like way down, like just looking up at right. the cars it's racing along <laughs> is really compelling. Um, and, uh, I read that that Le Mans circuit to recreate that they had to shoot in five different locations. 
So oh, all really? of that Le Mans <laughs> stuff is is five different locations where they shot, and then they had to like stitch it all together. So oh, they were talking about yeah. how difficult that was from just a you know blocking out the the scenes of the movie. It's like okay, we're doing the straight all the straight scenes. Yeah, here. <laughs> yeah, you know well, stuff like sense. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because obviously they couldn't. I mean, the course has changed so much <laughs> since the sixties. Yeah, they yeah. couldn't. They couldn't yeah. use it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, it is like, I don't know, it's a couple miles around. Um, mm-hmm. It's going through this little French town. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it makes sense. The other thing I really loved about the racing scenes is <laughs> you ever go to a, you ever go to a concert, right? And the opening band, you're like, oh, this band's really good wow i i didn't expect this band to be that good this is a really good show and then <laughs> yeah. and then like the the next band comes on and you're like oh no this is a really good band okay i see why they're you know you know and then and then the headliners come on and you're like oh no this is a really good band like <laughs> but you you get that like introduction where you're like these guys are good and then by the time the headliner gets you there you know the first ones you're like yeah okay i see why you guys are yeah. the opening act you know <laughs> i i feel like I feel like watching the race scenes in this movie is the same. Cause like that first race scene is like, Oh, this is really cool. I, this is a really good scene. You know, he passes at the very end on the, on oh, the shoulder, right, yeah. you know, and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to Daytona and you're like, Oh no, this is a really cool race scene, you know? And then you get to Le Mans. It's like, wow, this is incredible. So uh, each one sort of outshines the next, which is what a movie should do. Actually, it does. Yeah, actually, I never, <laughs> I never thought about that construct because it is. It also just shows the. Yeah, I mean, because the level of racing is also getting. Yeah. Ramped up each time, mm-hmm. you know, like as you know, like these little regional things too. I mean, Daytona is a prestigious race, but it is just you know, circle. <laughs> you go in a circle for like twenty four hours, right? But right, then right. Le Mans is considered the, the premier. It's. To this day, still like there's three races um, of any of any of motorsport. Um, it's it's the Indianapolis 500, it's the um, the Monaco, the Grand Prix, and this one mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Are, are still considered like the you know the Super Bowl of of auto racing. Why did Ken? He he's he's gonna win. He's singing that song, and then he just yeah. he down, you know he slows down and lets the other mm-hmm. cars catch up. Um, mm-hmm. It's you know he cha- he changes mind right there. I, yeah. I, and I'm trying to think what at what point you know what was it you know what was that tipping point where he said okay, I've I don't need to be alone and and do it. You know he became a team player as they said. You know. Do you, yeah. I was curious what you thought was the motivation for that. I think, I think it's a couple of things. Um, I think, you know, what we talked about earlier is like, he got his perfect lap. So I think that's a contributing factor. I I think he would not have done that if like, (laughs) he felt like, you know, the car wasn't right or needed, you know, if he had, frustrations about the way the race was going at that moment. I think he wouldn't have done that. Um, I also think that when Matt Damon's character, Shelby 
tells him it's his call. Yeah. Um, I think that has a big impact because so much of, I feel like his character is one also (laughs) that really bucks against authority in the system. Right. And, and he's constantly being told what, what to do. And I think, you know, in that movie (laughs) or in that moment, you know, Shelby respects him enough. I'll say, I, I, I don't know if he knows what he's going to do, but I think he respects him enough to say like, you know, whatever the outcome is fine with me. And you know how, like, (laughs) you know how when somebody tells you to do something and you're like, well, I'm not going to do that. Uh, it feels very different from when they say, I would like you to do this thing, but it's your call. And then you're like, well, I don't want to do it, but okay, I'll do it. (laughs) I I think there's a part of that there too, where he, he feels like he gets to make the choice and he probably feels good to a certain extent about, you know, feeling like he's making the right choice. And you see that in, in Molly too, right? Molly's like, good for you, Ken. Um, so I, yeah, I think, you know, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. Yeah, I've thought about that particular part a lot to think like, mm-hmm. because that ending, you know, how that race ended is a famous picture. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that Ken Miles was ahead and somehow mm-hmm. it got conveyed to him that, yeah, we're going to, there's the, there's going to be this three-way. So I don't know, it, <laughs> three-way tie, let me finish that. Part. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that um, I don't know in real life if he actually, you know, was torn about that decision or, right. or, or not, but um, mm-hmm. it does make compelling, <laughs> you know, movie telling. Um, yeah. And that, yeah, and that really did happen. And also mm-hmm. the Bruce McLaren team uh, did win um, for that, mm-hmm. that stupid reason. You know, I, I think they changed the rules about, about that later on. Um, they also don't, they used to run to their cars. They don't do that anymore either. I just do that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of a cool tradition, but, um, yeah, I like that. <laughs> and that's, in fact, that's why they invented the, the push start car. You know, like a lot of cars, fancy cars have just, you know, they don't turn, you don't turn a key you just oh, push a button right. to start it. <laughs> when you said push start, I, I was envisioning someone literally pushing the car forward to start oh, it. Right. Like, what? <laughs> That seems like a backwards thing. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I mean, the ignition. Um, right, right. Yeah, that's that's Le Mans technology at work today. Mm. So, Glenn, do you think Ford versus Ferrari um, is worthy of? Did it? Did it save the world? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, obviously, a single movie about a car race is definitely worthy of helping <laughs> yeah, us let's, face the many issues right, in front just, of us today. Yeah, exactly. Let's just cut to the chase <laughs> yeah. that it's, yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm going to say yes for the following reasons. I, I think, um, I think that it does a good job of sort of showing, you know, tension and conflict without inventing a whole bunch of, you know, side stories and inventing sort of contrivances that, that, um, are used in sort of sloppy ways to, to create a conflict and that sort of thing. It, it feels like a very genuine human movie that focuses on relationships. Um, and you know, despite the fact that this is 
a movie about machines that go fast in a circle for <laughs> 24 hours in a row. Um, you know, it really, it's, it's about the people and their relationships with each other and the ways in which people are driven and the ways in which people grow and some of the tension between sort of like the big corporation versus the sort of, you know, yeah. genius craftsman, you know, trying to chase perfection. Right. Um, you know, and I think, you know, <laughs> sure. It doesn't touch on climate change or, <laughs> or <laughs> police brutality or, or right. some of the current yeah, issues that, that we're struggling with. But, you know, I think a, Anytime you get to sort of step out of, you know, Twitter and politics and stuff and just sit down and have a break <laughs> in something like this that does feel, you know, genuine and heartwarming and, and stuff, I think, I think we can all use more of that. So that's why my answer is yes. Yeah. I mean, I you used a word there that I, I really connected with me, it, like craftsman it's the mm -hmm. the idea of like yeah there's just mass produced bric-a-brac right and then there's mm -hmm. these this other the other people who are really pushing innovation and change mm -hmm. in the world are people that do think outside that that structure yeah. i mean and that's mm -hmm. really in society in general the only way things will ever change if there are people right. who stand up and be basically out you know outsiders right. for the sake of what what is maybe better because um, mm -hmm. it is easier to kind of go with the flow. It just to not fight, sure. you know, to not fight against the system is easier, but it is not right. always right. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that, I think if that's, I think that's in the story and I, and I think that's a good thing to remember um, no matter I what agree. you're doing in, in this world. So anyway, yeah, that's, I, I, that's a better, that's, what I think. that's a better answer than mine. <laughs> no, that, that, uh, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> would you rather? Yes. Would you, would you, would you rather be, um, Carol Shelby or Ken Miles? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man. Uh, in the movie, I don't mean in like, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, let, let's can, in the context the, of the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the sake of this conversation, let's set the danger aside. <laughs> yes. Cuz yeah, you know, exactly. I mean I, yeah. I've got kids, I've got a family that's going to be <laughs> for me on that part, part, but if we pretend that the danger isn't part of it, um Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's yeah, I guess a there's a caveat, hard, right. Yeah, it's a hard question for me because I feel really drawn to the sort of almost simplistic way that Miles sees the world. Miles feels like a little bit more black and white. There's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And I know the right way and I'm going to push for that. Like, I think to him, his world's not that complicated. Now, you know, he ends up getting in his own way all the time because of that. Um, you know, <laughs> but I think, you know, maybe that's a, a simpler way to, to live, right? He, he has his passion and he's very clear on what that is and what drives him. And that's what he does. Um, I think Shelby's a little bit more 
<clears throat> maybe complicated in the sense that he's he's driven to succeed, um, but has enough sort of awareness of what it takes to do that and all the things he has to navigate to get what he wants. Um, I would almost say... <laughs> <laughs> this is going to sound dumb, but I think I'm more like Shelby. I'm certainly not <laughs> the same as Shelby, but I just think I'm more like him. And yet there's a real part of me that wants to be more like Miles. Mark Miles. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're right. So I think I'm going to have to come down on the Miles side and then just accept that I'm not Miles. <laughs> and be okay with that. <laughs> no, it makes sense. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Chris, do you want to know what we have in store for next week? <laughs> yes, yes, I think I think I do. Yes, I think you will. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so this uh, this week's theme was obviously best uh, picture based on a true story. Um, leapfrogging off of that theme, I have selected um, best. <laughs> fake movie that pretends to be a real story <laughs> or, or, or uh, as is commonly called mockumentary. Um, Ooh, yeah. I have selected what I consider to be the granddaddy of all mockumentaries, 1984's This Is Spinal Tap. Oh, I was hoping you'd go in that direction. Yes! Oh, man. Go from one uh, masterpiece to another. Yeah. This is going to be a hard one not to just sit here and recite line by line as this movie Ford totally. vs. Ferrari was. I you know. know so Man, I've probably seen yeah. that more than Ford vs. Ferrari. It's hard to imagine. <laughs> well, it's, it's been out longer, so there's that. that that's true. I've had more opportunities. Okay. Yeah. Wow, this will, be, look- <laughs> this will be fun. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I've got a lot of stories about this movie that I'm interested in, in, in sharing, as, I, as I'm sure you do too. But um, <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll be next week. Um, uh, thank you all, folks, for listening, uh, as always. And uh, Chris, as always, thank you so much for the conversation and for this week's movie suggestion. Um, we knew it was inevitable and had to get to yes. it eventually. So. <laughs> we had to do it before I went insane. So. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, Glenn. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody, and uh, we will catch you next time.